Hi, this is Brian Hobbelt. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. As of now, there will be a new episode every month. Besides that, you'll see some bonus content once in a while. When you subscribe to this channel, you will be notified when a new episode is available. It is my prayer that this message from the Word of God will give you hope and encouragement. Let's go to the message. The message I'm about to share with you is very special to me. Last year I graduated from North Point Bible College and as the class president we had chosen a class verse. Our verse was 1 Corinthians 15, 58. And the motto of our class was stand firm. And the message is mainly going to be about this one verse. I've been really challenged with the implication and the meaning of this verse. And sometimes I was put in situations that caused me not to live up to what I should have done. And one of these situations almost caused me to leave the Bible school that I was at. And I will share this later on in the message. But the title of the message I want to share with you today is your driving force in life. Let me ask you a question. What is your driving force in life? All of us are driven by certain forces in our lives. We all share certain desires, goals, aims, and things we want to see accomplished. Some driving forces we share in common, like the need to be fed, clothed, be healthy, be safe, and more. But when those needs are provided, as I hope they are, then there are other more overlaying things that move us through life. Besides those basic needs that we share in common, What keeps you going? What motivates you? What causes you to do certain things or pursue certain things? You had certain aims that moved you in the direction that you are at now. There was something that caused you to apply for that job. Something that moved you towards that special person you like and something that made an impression on you and would not let you go. So what is your driving force in life? And what is God's desire for you to be your driving force in life? The following scripture will keep you centered, keep you anchored through some terrible storms, and will keep you going when you want to give up. Our scripture verse today is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. It says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Let's explore the meaning of what God's word is saying. Because the verse starts with a therefore, we need to know why it is therefore. The Apostle Paul wrote this verse. Our scripture of the day is the last verse In chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians, all the preceding verses of this chapter are talking about the resurrection of the dead. The Apostle Paul was saying that because Jesus was resurrected from the dead, that all the people will be resurrected as well. When Jesus is revealed to all at the second coming, all people will rise from the dead, believers and unbelievers. And all people will stand before God to give an account for their life. 
The Bible says that all of us will receive either a reward or a punishment for what we have done while in the body. Have you ever asked someone what will happen the moment they die? Most people will say that it's the end. After I breathe my last breath, it's all over. I will stop existing. There is no resurrection or any standing before a holy God when I die. There is no account I have to give about what I lived for on this earth. In Paul's day, that's what most people were saying. And that's still true today. People generally don't believe there is life after death. Paul wants to make sure to let people know that this is not the case. Every person will be resurrected, just like Jesus was resurrected. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 20 says, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who die. The first fruits in farming are normally the products that are ready a few days before the rest of the crop. It is a lead and celebration of what will happen to the rest that are still being developed. And this is the same with us. Jesus was the first to rise from the dead, and all humanity will follow his example. The reason why Paul so clearly shares that there will be life after death is because most people did not believe it. Not then, and not now. And if you don't believe that there is life after death, then you lose the meaning of life altogether. Paul says that those kinds of people live by the phrase, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. If there's no consequences or rewards for your life on earth, you have no standard to live by other than in the moment. Let me give you an example. Let's say you have a serial killer, a rapist, and a murderer doing all kinds of evil things their entire life. And let's say you have Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King, and Billy Graham trying to save the world their entire life. Well, for people that don't believe in the resurrection, it means that all these people will just go into eternal nothingness. It does not really matter what happens in your life. But Paul says in all these preceding verses that this is not how it will happen. Every single person will give an account for their life, their deeds, and their beliefs. And therefore, in the light of all this resurrection context, Paul shares the following verse. Therefore, I'm going to ask you to do the following things. So first of all, Paul is asking you to stand firm and let nothing move you. So stand firm about what? And be unmovable about what? Stand firm and let nothing move you concerning the core of your Christian faith. The core of your Christian faith is that Jesus incarnated himself in human form. He lived out what God was like on this earth. He died on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins and rose again from the grave for your eternal life. His resurrection is the first of the entire world to follow. And let nothing move you about these Christian beliefs. Stay focused on them. Always keep them in mind. And let them be your driving force. Stand firm about the Bible because it is the truth that you know. In this world there are two kinds of people. 
There are people that believe there's eternal life and there are people that fall into the eat and drink for tomorrow we die mindset. People with the belief about a resurrection and life after death will take note of their actions, knowing that they will be taken into account. They will live responsible, always having a goal, and put an effort in giving their future meaning. These people always ask themselves the question, what is really important in light of eternity? On the other end, people that fall into the eat and drink for tomorrow we die mindset have a different approach to life. They will live for themselves, in the moment, they do it up, and they take no responsibilities for their actions. Most of the culture lives by this way of thinking. They did in Paul's day, and they do so today. If I'm really honest with myself and before you today, then sometimes I wish there would be no responsibility for the things I do. On certain days, I simply want to take the car, go to the airport, and disappear. I want to let go of my responsibilities and say goodbye to everything that is expected of me. No eternal life, no resurrection, and no giving account in front of the Almighty God. Now, this is not really the desire to sin against God that I'm talking about, but more the excitement to live for today and don't think about tomorrow. As you might know, as a Dutch person, we're known of being very responsible with money. There's even a saying in the United States that says, going Dutch. It means that every person will just pay for himself if you go out with people. In some moments, I just want to go out and spend all my money, not really being responsible. If there's no life after death, I would not have to worry about the salvation of my family members and friends. All the prayers, all the witnessing, and all the effort in sharing the faith of Christ with them would be gone. I would probably not have gone to Bible college and put myself through some very tough situations and circumstances that have occurred. In my time at the Bible college, there was a moment that I was determined I would leave and not come back. After some months that were personally very challenging, I got a job offer that was very appealing. It wasn't a church that I admired with pastors that I really respected. They asked me to join their pastoral team, but because the church was very far away from the Bible school, I would have to quit. They would provide a salary, housing, and pay for me to transfer to another Bible college. It was a really nice offer. When I talked to some faculty and staff members, they said that they had not heard an offer like this in a few years. Now, on top of that, I could escape the problems I was currently facing. I would not have to deal with issues that had been threatening me and simply move on. But as I went to the Lord in prayer, He was very clear to me that I had to stand firm and let nothing move me. And so I stayed. What about your life? Have you been tempted to lose the focus of your faith? The focus of your calling? What is your driving force in life? Maybe sometime it will be easy to believe that there's nothing beyond the grave. To simply throw in the towel and live by the mindset to eat and drink for tomorrow we die. But you know what? That's not you. 
Although most of the culture might be living by that standard, you need to stay focused on your core Christian beliefs. You need to keep reminding yourself that Jesus Christ has saved you from eternal death to eternal life. He has delivered you from the bondage of sin. He has set you free from darkness and brought you into light. He has a plan and a purpose for you that if He would show you now, you would not even be able to handle it. And God has blessings in store that if He would give it all to you now, you would not be able to contain it. God has called you, He has equipped you, and He has given you everything you need in order to accomplish His purpose in your life. You are not the person that will live by the let's eat and drink for tomorrow we die mindset. But you are a person that asks with every action the question, what effect will this have in light of eternity? And therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. The second element that Paul is asking you to do is always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. There are two words that jump out to me. Always and fully. Always speaks of something that seems hard to do, but that is expected. He explicitly says always. Not when you get to it, once in a while, or whenever it will benefit you. God's work is always required, always needed, and always expected. Now, Jesus never showed any sign of laziness. And therefore, as his disciples, we shouldn't show any signs of laziness. Jesus was very disciplined, and it's always very easy to do something good for once, but to do it over and over again, that's a different challenge. Now, the other word that jumps out to me is fully. Fully describes that we ought to give ourselves to the entire mission of God. We need to pursue the works of God with everything in us. As a child, when my dad asked me to do something, I would always say yes, but do the work to the minimum. When I said I was done cleaning the car or mowing the lawn, he would say, that's halfway done, son. It forced me to complete the work to the fullest course. Maybe some of you have said yes to your heavenly father when he called you to do his work. I really hope that you do this work fully and with everything in you, not just to the minimum. Always giving yourself fully to the work of the Lord will cause the best to come out of you. It describes discipline in its fullest sense. As Christians, we are called to represent the kingdom of God with everything in us. And when God is your ultimate driving force, you will do that. Those kind of people don't need any motivation. They will simply do the work because they are a self-motivator. The most important thing when you die is if you worked for the Lord. The third and last element that Paul wants us to know is that your labor is not in vain. If there is something that I hate, then it is doing things in vain. I heard a story about a man who dug out an in-ground swimming pool in the backyard of one of his clients. For three full days, he dug so that the pool company was ready to come in and install the pool. When he was all done digging out the ground, the homeowner came back from vacation and said, I did not order a swimming pool. What address were you supposed to dig at? 
the man who dug the hole came to realization that he had missed the backyard by one house. So what he had to do was to fill the hole back up and start all over again at the neighbor's house. He had dug the hole in vain. I don't know if anyone has ever told you that pursuing the Lord's work is in vain. That doing things for his kingdom are not worth anything. When you are laboring for the Lord as a follower of Jesus Christ, this verse promises us that you do nothing that is in vain. And this means never, not a day, not a street witnessing, not a prayer, not any effort or any time or any moment that you invest in expanding the kingdom of God is in vain. Always know that and always remember that. The Bible says, Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. What day is it talking about? It is talking about the resurrection day. The day you will go in eternity. You will receive the rewards for the works that you have done for the Lord here on earth. Dear listeners, don't live for today, but live for tomorrow. Don't give in to the feelings of today, but stay at peace for tomorrow. Don't give in to the doubt of the day, but have faith for tomorrow. Don't give in to the temptation of today, but keep your integrity for tomorrow. What you sow today will determine what you will accomplish tomorrow. What you are today will magnify tomorrow. So what is your driving force in life? Your driving force is the knowledge that life is eternal. It is knowing that one day you will be resurrected to give an account for your life. Your driving force is the standing firm on the truth that you are saved by grace through faith. And you will let nothing move you from knowing who you are in Christ. Your driving force is the motivation to do the work of the Lord fully and always. Not because you have to, but because you are driven to do it. In all this knowledge of your driving force, you know that whatever you do is accounted for and is never worthless. Your driving force is focused to hear these words at the end of your life. Well done, good and faithful servant. I believe and declare that the following scripture will keep you centered keep you anchored through some terrible storms and will keep you going when you want to give up. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hey, thank you for listening to this message. The gospel means the good news. And this good news is that Jesus Christ can save and change the lives of every person in this world. That is what he has done for me and he can do for you when you accept him in your life. Why should we keep this amazing message to ourselves? I challenge you to share it with the people around you. You are able to reach people that I might not be able to reach. If this message has encouraged you, you can show your appreciation by placing a comment, share it on social media, and talk about it with your friends. 
I want to say thank you for your help in advance. I hope you have a great day. God bless you. And until next month.